0: And welcome to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen and invite you to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you enjoy this podcast, would you consider leaving me a review? This helps when people are looking for a podcast and they read what others are saying. We all know word of mouth is the most important thing. Now, for today's episode, I wanted to get back into our Daughters of Eve series. It's been a little while, and I want to talk about Zipporah. Now, some of you may not be familiar with her or who she even is, but she is the wife of Moses and would bear him two sons. For those of you who know me, you'll remember that I enjoy a good Hallmark movie. I know they are forever predictable, as my mom often reminds me. One time she asked me as I was watching yet another one, isn't that the same story you just watched? No, mom, of course not. That was a blonde. This girl is a redhead. Very different. I know, I know. But in truth, they are very similar plots. Maybe that's why we like them so much. They're predictable. Or at least I like them. Moses and Zipporah's first meeting reminds me of a Hallmark movie in many ways. Man with a troubled past meets a girl and marries her. Isn't that the close to a typical Hallmark plot? But truly, here is Moses, a Hebrew man raised in Pharaoh's house, and now he is on the run for his life after he killed a man. He makes his way into the desert, into the land of Midian, and witnesses some rough shepherds driving away seven girls, from the water troughs, preventing them from watering their flock. Moses isn't going to stand for this injustice, so he took a stand and helps the ladies out, Talk about making a great first impression. Obviously, this guaranteed him an introduction to their father, though it was a little delayed due to the girls rushing home and leaving him behind. I actually find it a bit humorous. Listen to verses 18 to 20 of Exodus chapter 2, which I may read with a little emphasis. And when they came to Ruel their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Oh my, I can just laugh because it's so funny. Now, to be fair, I really can't blame the girls. If I had just been rescued by a brave and handsome man, remember, the Bible does say that Moses was a goodly child, which meant he was probably good looking. I probably would have been airheaded too, forgetting all my manners as I rushed home to tell the heroic and slightly romantic story to my father. Thankfully, their father remembered his manners and sent for Moses, welcoming him into the family and giving him his daughter Zipporah for his wife. At this point, all we know about her is that she is the daughter of Jethro, who was a priest in the land of Midian, meaning that she did have a religious background and she was one of seven daughters. How much she knew of Moses before they were married is something we don't know, since we don't even know how long he was there before they were wed, but he was certainly a man with a past and an intriguing personality. He had no problem standing up to a bunch of shepherds, bullying a group of girls, yet he was afraid to face himself, choosing instead to hide away from everything that was familiar. This is a challenge for any wife, as women love to know people, how they work, and how they can help, especially their own husband. But she does bear him a son, Gershom, a name given by Moses that in Hebrew can mean a foreigner who was banished into exile, which pretty much describes how Moses felt. The last part of verse 22 in Exodus 2, Moses says, I have been a stranger in a strange land. So while Zipporah is surrounded by the familiar, her family, countrymen, her husband, knows he doesn't belong, or at least he doesn't feel like he belongs. He did not feel at home, but he was afraid to return home. This may have even put a barrier in their marriage as he was a man plagued with guilt from his past, but Zipporah remained faithful. And this is a great lesson for us. We may not understand or even know all that our spouse, a friend, or another family member is going through, but we can still try to be there for them and give them our support, letting them know we're available whenever they need us. There is a great comfort when those who are struggling know they have somewhere to turn. Things, however, do take a turn the next time Zipporah is mentioned in Exodus chapter four. I think I should mention that while it's only two chapters, nearly 40 years have passed since we know that he was around 40 when he left Egypt and would spend another 40 years in the desert before returning to Egypt. God made it clear to Moses that, that he is chosen to lead Israel out of bondage and to the promised land. After some strong hesitation on Moses' part, he finally submits to the calling and begins to make his way back to Egypt, back home. But on the way, something takes place. Let me read verses 19 and 20, 24 to 26 of Exodus chapter four. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, go, return into Egypt for all the men are dead, which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Verses 24 to 26 read, And it came to pass, by the way in the inn, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let them go. Then said she, A bloody husband thou art, because of this of the circumcision. At this point, Moses and Zipporah had another son. Somewhere along the way, we learn that his name is Eliezer, a name that meant God is my helper, which he was given because the God of my father said he was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. That is Exodus two. 18 verse 4. This indicates that Moses recognized God's protection, but still referred to God as the God of his father, not his necessarily. Sadly, as he makes his way to Egypt, there is still something missing that he should have done. And it was Zipporah, a Gentile, who knew what it was. For some reason, only one of the sons was circumcised. We are not told which, but Zipporah only performed an emergency circumcision to one son, singular. Her action and reaction to her husband reveal that she is a woman not afraid to speak her mind and voice her displeasure. Kind of sounds like her sister-in-law Miriam. They probably Could have been good friends. Now, we don't know exactly what took place in this incident. Evidently, the Lord met them, and it was evident what was getting ready to take place, at least to Zipporah, and it seems her maternal instincts went into high gear. She grabs a nearby sharp stone and circumcises her son right there. Then she angrily casts the bloody mess at Moses' feet and calls him out twice. I don't know if this had been mounting. Remember, Moses was a man troubled and fearful of his past, and she no doubt bore the brunt of that. Maybe in this moment of almost losing her son to something that Moses should have taken care of long ago, it was the last straw for her and she just exploded. He was called to lead the nation of Israel, yet he had not obeyed the command of the Lord, one that he was familiar with as a Hebrew male. Perhaps he felt he was above the law and God came to challenge his open disobedience. Thankfully, Zipporah intervened, but it also caused something in her to snap and it did not leave a good taste in her mouth. He who was the believer should not have had to be been corrected by one who may not have been. As Christians, we set the example. God calls us to live in obedience to the law, to be above reproach, and to be a light in the world. We cannot be the light if we choose when to obey God and what rules we will follow and ignore the ones we don't like. We should not have to be reprimanded by a lost person or have our double standards pointed out to us. What does that do for our witness for Christ? Sadly, this incident triggers a split for the family as it seems she does not continue with him to Egypt, but goes back home as we learn from Exodus 18 that her father would bring her back to Moses sometime later. But we will get into that scene in just a second. Maybe the contention between the two was so strong that Moses felt it was best for her to remain there. I did read somewhere that the son may have also needed to remain near that inn to recover from such a surgery. Remember, we don't know which son it was or how old, but it is possible that Gershom, the firstborn, was in his late 20s since his father remained in Midian around 40 years, meaning that this circumcision could have been more painful and recovery would take longer. Whatever the reason, it is clear that they have separated with Moses going to meet his brother and make the journey to Egypt together with him and Zipporah returning to her father's house. Fourteen chapters later, but approximately three months, Israel is now gathered in the wilderness. They have left a desolated Egypt behind and have settled into a small routine in the wilderness. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, hears about it and packs up Zipporah and the two sons to take them back to his son-in-law. Moses greeted his father-in-law with great respect and honor, plus filling him in on everything the Lord had done. But what's interesting is that there is no mention of a greeting for Zipporah, not even an acknowledgement of her presence, but we of course do have to remember that women did not rank high on the social scale in that culture, but my feminine heart can't help but feel something for her. No woman likes to be forgotten, and it seems that Moses was so wrapped up in his ministry that he completely forgot about his wife and two sons. That is difficult for anyone, but especially a woman. Family is a beautiful gift, one that is given by God. But sometimes we can get sucked into the busyness of life and forget that. Ministries are a wonderful, good thing. And we should always seek to invest our life. I talk about that all the time. But investing ourselves includes our own family. We are told to be good stewards, good stewards of our time, our possessions, and I can't help but think that that means caring for the needs of our loved ones since they are our greatest possession. They are given to us by God to care for and to cherish. Jethro took it upon himself to remind Moses of this responsibility, as well as a few other suggestions. If you continue to read the rest of the chapter, I think we all need a Jethro in our life, someone who reminds us of what is important. And this speaks well to Moses, who was willing to heed the advice of his father-in-law. I do want to make the point that living With the nation of Israel as the wife of their leader was probably a hard thing for Zipporah since, remember, she was a Gentile. She was from Midian. Remember, Miriam would later raise a fuss over Moses, marrying an Ethiopian later. So it stands to reason she may not have been a big fan of Zipporah, though they were very similar in personality. Maybe that's another reason they didn't really care for each other, but we don't know what it was like. For her to live among strange people and to have to share her husband with a very needy group who never seemed to stop grumbling. How many times would he come home discouraged, worn out, and exhausted? No doubt it was a challenge. That's a challenge for any person, any spouse. We are never told when she died or how old she was. Zipporah merely faded out of the picture, but portions of her story were preserved for us, so there are lessons that we can learn from her, like You never know where the journey of life will take you, so be prepared. Zipporah probably thought she would remain near her father's tent forever, never dreaming she would accompany the people of Israel as they set out to receive the promise given to their father Abraham so many years before. Be a Christian who stands out like a light to the world so that the lost can see Christ instead of calling us out for our double standards or failure to walk the talk. And always invest yourself in others. But make sure your family remains your top priority. They are your greatest gift from God. And with that, I want to wrap up today's episode. I want to mention that if you haven't yet ordered your spring 2021 copy of the Sit Still My Daughter magazine, you can go to sitstillmydaughter.com and order yours and it will be shipped out for you to enjoy. If you know of a friend who would be blessed by the magazine or this episode, would you share it with them? Thank you so much for listening. I pray you have an amazing day and that you can rest in the knowledge that your Heavenly Father loves you with an everlasting love.